Hi, I'm Jeffrey. Welcome back to Nightfalls. Come, settle in for tonight's calming meditation and soothing bedtime story. As always, don't worry if you fall asleep before the end. You can drift off whenever you're ready. Come, warm your hands beside the fire tonight as we join clockmaker Saul in his endeavor to build the first ever wristwatch. Tonight's tale sees Saul create more than just a ticking time teller. His wristwatch whisks him back through time and reveals to him the secrets of the past just as they were offered to me by the magic of the falls. The magic allowed me to travel back down the twisting, turning path to the past and see the sunrise for the first time on nightfalls as I know it. And tonight, Saul's adventure sees him explore ancient Egypt in Switzerland. Before we begin, here's a quick word from our sponsors who make this free content possible. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. For the best way to fall asleep with Nightfalls, you can now become a premium supporter. Enjoy the entire back catalogue of Nightfalls classics, all with a rich, immersive, and totally ad-free experience. If you love falling asleep to Nightfalls, Nightfalls Premium will elevate your sleep while helping to support myself and the team. We love creating Nightfalls, but without supporters, it wouldn't be possible. Join Nightfalls Premium today in just two tabs on both Apple Podcasts or via the Supercast link found in the show notes for all other podcast players. Your sleep will thank you for it, and so will I. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 
If you've been feeling overwhelmed with anxiety lately, try listening to a guided meditation on the Meditation for Anxiety podcast. Meditation is a proven natural way to help you calm down and dissolve stress so you can feel lighter and happier. So subscribe for free today to the Meditation for Anxiety podcast by searching for Meditation for Anxiety on your favorite podcast player. So tonight's tale is all about a clockmaker. I don't know about you, but I could do with having more control over my time. I've been trying to be in the moment as much as possible. With Otto this morning, I took some time to just stop and listen to the wind through the trees. Listen to the birds singing and to feel a bit of warmth from the sun. There wasn't much warmth, if I'm honest. (laughs) Perhaps you might like to take a moment to stretch out and decompress before tonight's story begins. Let your body twist and turn however feels best for you. As you ease into the muscles that need it the most and feel them loosen up after another long day. When you're ready, come to a comfortable position and take a deep breath in with me. And exhale. Breathe in and out. Inhale and exhale. As the night draws in around you, perhaps you can almost feel the need for sleep wrapping around you, blanketing you, Welcome the weight of it. Allow it to anchor you as the rush of the daylight hours slips away from you. And time grinds to a halt around you. Tonight, there is nowhere for you to be and nothing for you to do. The dark of the night has put the world beyond your body. On pause. And it's high time you let it put pause to the turning of your thoughts too. So, breathe in the silken stillness of the night. And as you exhale, Allow the thoughts that crowd your mind to drain from your body on your out breath. Tonight, there is only you drifting peacefully from one moment to the next. 
as you center your attention on the sound of my voice and allow Saul's story to lead you far from the thoughts and feelings that filled your day and back through time to the cobbled streets of Cologne. In the city of Cologne, Germany, in the year 1806, down a narrow cobbled street, in between two tall, rickety, leaning wooden buildings, there was a small shop. The little shop looked out of place between the two tall, leaning towers. But while it was small, it looked mighty, holding up the leaning buildings against its walls. Above the shop, there was a tiny flat, and in the tiny flat, there lived a man named Saul. Saul was a clockmaker. He was passionate about his job and had been astonished by the concept of time since he was a little boy and received his first pocket watch from his father. The idea of holding time in his hand felt so powerful and special and, ever since, young Saul had spent the rest of his life learning how to create his own clocks. Saul had never wanted much. He was happy to live the simple life. He lived on his own, working every day in his very own clock shop in the heart of the city of Cologne. While his shop may not have been bustling with customers every day, he didn't mind. It gave him more time to focus on his work. He delighted in creating bespoke clocks for his customers. And every person who did walk into his shop left with something unique and special. Saul loved the sound of soft, ticking clocks. The faint, clicking sound helped him to relax and focus on his work. And when he needed to relax on an evening, the soothing sound of a pendulum lulled him into a perfect, deep sleep every night. Over his lifetime, he had made hundreds of different clocks, of all shapes and sizes, but his ambition was to invent Germany's first wristwatch. He wanted people to be able to check the time whenever they wanted, wherever they wanted, so that nobody lost track of time again. Good timekeeping was very important to Saul, understandably. Pocket watches were already the fashion, but Saul was close to creating a tiny clock that people could wear on their wrist 
and never lose or misplace. And he had almost finished it. One October morning, Saul could see the end in sight as he sat down at his desk to put the finishing touches to his tiny time-telling creation. As he gently lifted the metallic watch from its safe box and inspected the cog mechanism, the door to his shop swung open with a tinkling of chimes. Good morning, Saul. Bert the baker greeted him cheerfully as he sauntered into the shop and up to Saul's desk. Bert was carrying a tray of sweet-smelling, freshly baked pastries that made Saul's mouth water with just one sniff. For you, Bert said, placing a spritzkuchen down on the desk next to Saul. I made too many this morning, so I thought you might appreciate a sweet start to your day. Saul instantly picked up the spritzkuchen and took a big bite. The pastry crumbled in his mouth and the warm flavour made his body feel like it was melting into his chair. He closed his eyes and sighed in delight. You know me so well, Bert, Saul gushed. Thank you very much. Peering over the desk, Bert noticed the tiny device in Saul's hand and pointed at the contraption inquisitively. How are you getting on with the watch? Are you almost there? Saul nodded his head, taking another bite of the pastry. Almost there. By the end of the day I should be finished and I can release it into the world. Bart smiled, impressed by his friend's passion. Well, my friend, I hope you are successful. I can't wait to own my own Saul's watch. And with that, Bert left Saul alone to his work on his masterpiece, and Saul settled back into his work. Wiping his greying hair away from his brow and pushing his round spectacles further up his moustached nose, Saul squinted through the magnifying glass to get a closer look at the tiny cogs on the back of the watch. He needed just one more. His ambitious project was so close to being complete. He looked around the shop that he had lovingly set up so many years ago and thought of the big dreams he had for it. He had dedicated his life to creating clocks so that other people could go about their lives knowing exactly how to track their time. Yet somehow, Saul had managed to lose track of his own time. And now, 
he was almost an old man, with his life's goal about to be completed. Taking in his humble surroundings, his eyes traced the walls until they came upon an old painting of the Egyptian pyramids, framed and hung to his left. He had seen the painting on a market stall once and had thought it appropriate to add to his shop for a taste of artistry. However, he often forgot it was even there. Nowadays it served as a reminder of all the majestic beauty in the world that he had missed in his humble life. He had always hoped he would one day travel the world, but now it seemed like that was a dream he would never fulfill. Pulling open the drawer of his work desk, Saul rummaged around in a small box of cogs until he found a suitably miniature silver one. It was perfect. He peered back through the magnifying glass and lined the cog up with the others in the back of his watch. As Saul fitted the final cog into the mechanism, he suddenly felt himself grow incredibly drowsy. His eyes closed, and he felt as if he were being swept up in a swirl of wind as it lifted him off his chair and laid him backwards in the softest bed of air. His body floated as light as a feather, and the winds gently rocked him back and forth like a newborn baby in a cradle. After what felt like several minutes of blissful rocking, Saul felt his body softly meet the cushioned ground again, and he slowly opened his eyes to see He had never experienced anything like that before. It was like a sudden gust of wind had swept into the room and carried him with it. Rubbing his head and dusting off his knees, he stood up and looked around him. He was no longer in his shop. In fact, he was in a place that couldn't be more different to his little clock shop in Cologne. He pushed his round spectacles further up the bridge of his nose to make sure that his eyes weren't deceiving him. But it was there, clear as day. The ginormous golden pyramid he had been gazing at on the wall of his shop was all of a sudden standing right in front of him. The magnificent monument towered above, rising what seemed like miles into the bright blue sky. Its pointed golden top shone with the reflection of the blazing Egyptian sun's rays in a dazzling white light. 
He was standing in front of the pillared entry to the giant Egyptian pyramid. He could see up close the engraved hieroglyphs that adorned the archway, inviting him to delve deeper inside. Glancing over his shoulder, the majestic sphinx crouched staring in his direction, her eyes penetrating deep into his soul, watching his every move. Saul recalled a tale from Greek mythology that claimed the Sphinx was sent by the goddess Hera in order to guard the entryway to the ancient city of Thebes. The Sphinx guarded the city with a riddle. Only if someone guessed the riddle correctly would it allow anyone to come or go from the city. The riddle was... What being has four legs in the morning, two at noon, and then three in the evening? Many people tried and failed to guess the answer to the riddle. But the hero Oedipus solved the riddle, releasing the city of Thebes from the Sphinx. Of course, the answer to the riddle was man who crawls on all fours as a baby then walks on two legs and finally needs a cane in old age Saul found this riddle to be most simple and often wondered why it took so many failed attempts for the people of Thebes to free themselves but alas It was a different time. And a different time it was. As Saul looked past the Sphinx and cast his eyes over the people in the vicinity, he could tell that this wasn't present-day Egypt. He noticed the Egyptian guards carrying staffs, wearing ancient robes. Everywhere he looked, There seemed to be others in ancient clothing, carting about giant stones on rickety wooden carts and carrying tools and satchels on their backs. The pyramid to the left of the one he stood before appeared to be only half-built, which was peculiar, as new pyramids hadn't been built in thousands of years. People strolled across the dusty ground, unaware of the exact passing of time. Saul didn't know much about ancient Egypt, but he was well aware that they lived before mechanical clocks, letting time pass them by, only loosely charted. They had sundials and water clocks to let nature tell its own tale of time, but they would not know the soft tick of a timepiece as Saul did. Saul had come to structure his life around the ticking of a clock, rather than the rise and fall of the sun in the sky. But that was just how he liked it. He felt the time was his to know, and to use however he liked.
as he watched the hands of the clocks in his shop tick reliably by, reminding him of the hours that lay ahead of him. Hours that he could use however he chose to. Glancing at the tiny silver cog in the sand at his feet and the almost finished watch in his hand, Saul wondered whether this little contraption that brought him here to another time and place. Did the watch he had created not merely tell the time, but take you to any time you desire? After all, he'd been staring at the painting of the pyramid on the wall just before he had completed the final step of creating the ticking time-teller. Cautiously picking up the cog, he placed it back in the watch, and Saul was once again scooped up off the ground and twirled gently around in the air. This time, he relaxed and allowed himself to succumb to the sleepy rocking motion that the winds of time provided. He was soaring through time and space. But who knew where he would end up this time? As the cog fell from the watch, he was gently placed back on the ground. But he was not in ancient Egypt any longer. In fact, this place seemed to be a little more familiar to him. It was a place similar to the European city he was used to. However, something felt very different. In front of him was a giant stone tower with the large face of a clock in it. It was incredible, and he took several moments to marvel at its grandeur. All of a sudden, the bell rang out as the big hand struck twelve with a deep gong that chimed throughout the land. With each beat of the gong, Saul's body felt like it was buzzing with the vibrations. But nobody else around him seemed to notice. They all just continued to walk calmly through the streets. There were so many people, more people than Saul had ever seen in his life. The paved streets were swarming with people, hurrying to some place unknown. Some wore black and white suits with small black cases in their hands. Some wore colourful tops and hats of all shapes and sizes. Ladies didn't appear to wear dresses, suits, or trousers with cropped tops. Most bizarrely of all, everybody seemed to be carrying small, shiny glowing rectangles in their hands, and were either speaking into them, or entranced by them, never lifting their eyes for a second. This was a most peculiar place, 
and Saul couldn't place where he was at all. As a giant red mechanical cart zoomed past him, followed by more racing technical contraptions and a few bicycles, he could only presume he was in a future land that he hadn't heard of yet. Before he landed here, he had been thinking of the watch, hence why he must have been transported to this giant clock that stood before him. He couldn't think of any clock this big that he had heard of before, so this must be a clock of the future. Saul was astounded by its futuristic grandeur. Perhaps he should stay here a little longer and learn the magic of how the clocks of this future work. However, once the third person in a black and white suit had bumped into him, so engrossed in their mysterious hand devices, he decided he couldn't deal with the hustle and bustle any longer. Before he put the cog in his watch this time, he needed to think of where he wanted to go. The watch seemed to hone in on Saul's inner thoughts, so he would have to think hard to ensure he ended up in the right place and time. Closing his eyes and breathing deeply, Saul tried to picture his home. His shop filled to the brim with clocks of varying sizes and designs. His home that resided upstairs with the big windows that looked out on the streets of his city and the nearby winding River Rhine that ran through the town and all the way past neighbouring France. The river had always impressed him with its spectacular length. It flowed from Switzerland all the way through Germany and into the Netherlands. The river had travelled further than he ever had, at least until now. Clinking the cog back into the watch, he was met with the same sleepy, soaring feeling as he was transported through time and space. He hoped that this time he would find himself back home where he belonged. Removing the cog, he lowered to the ground and steadied himself on his feet. Looking around expectantly, he was met with a brief moment of disappointment at not being where he intended but he couldn't be disheartened for long when he took in the scene before his eyes. He had landed on a lush green hilltop, looking out over a stunning blue lake with towering white dusted mountains in the distance. Trees scaled all the way up nearby mountainsides, and a town over on the other side of the lake sat peacefully. The houses and buildings of the town were painted in many different colours of yellow, red and white. 
The pointed thatched roofs looked like they had been plucked straight out of a fairy tale you would have read as a child. The sun smiled down on him, and the soft, cool breeze ran through his hair. He took a deep inhale, and the crisp, clean air filled his lungs with a feeling of refreshment and peace. This wasn't Germany, but it certainly felt close to home. Saul assumed it was most likely Switzerland, and it was beautiful. Seating himself down on the verge of grass, he decided to stay a while and take in the breathtaking views. He was a step closer to home, but suddenly he felt in no rush to hurry back to his city existence. The calm of the country was calling him. Placing the cog and watch safely in his pocket, he sat watched and took in the view as the day passed by slowly. He watched as the distant town came to life and its inhabitants went about their daily routines. He watched as fishing boats journeyed out onto the lake and the odd lone hiker walked up into the hillside forest and back down again. He watched as birds chirped and flew over the lush green land, and fish sprung out of the water every so often, performing a happy dance. Everything was simple and beautiful. It was perfect. As the day began to draw to an end, Saul decided that he, too, should think about returning to his home. Although he hoped that he would one day be able to return to this place and time. It was a moment that he was keen to hold on to. We all know that nothing lasts forever, and time will always pass without us noticing but Saul had been given a gift that would ensure he could relive the same perfect moment over and over again. Picking the cog and watch out of his pocket, he stared intensely at them with his bespectacled eyes. He had to get it right this time. Saul cleared his mind of all thoughts. He let go of the things he had experienced that day and the wonders he had seen, and he focused on the present, merely breathing in and out. Once his mind felt totally clear, he pictured his clock shop in Cologne perched between the two tall, leaning buildings, and swiftly placed the cog into the back of the watch. He kept his eyes closed 
as his body was gently rocked back and forth by the winds of time. And when he felt ready, he pulled the silver cog back out of the watch. He felt his feet touch the ground and his body sink into the arms of a plush fabric chair. He opened his eyes and smiled with delight. He was back in his clock shop in Cologne. Relieved and exhausted from his travels through time, Saul placed the watch and the loose cog to the side and slunk back into his chair. The soft cushions felt delightful on his body and his head relished the comfort and support of the back of the seat. Closing his eyes, he sighed with relief and allowed all the tension to release from his body. Saul had always felt a connection to time as it lay ahead of him and ticked by through the day. To him, his clocks marked structure and comfort, marking work from free time, counting down towards his next tea break or delicious meal, endlessly renewing at each dawn with the promise of a whole new day. He was so invested in the future that the clock promised, with its constant forwards movement, that he hadn't thought so much about the time that stretched behind. He thought of all the people moving across the earth over thousands of years, each watching the sunrise and sunset day in and day out. He thought himself the master of time, with his endless clock building and repairing, his optimism for the present and the future hours that had not yet ticked by. But today, as he travelled through time, and found that timelines were less rigid and reliable than he had thought, he realised that time had a lot more to teach him. In his pursuit of inventing a convenient time-telling wristwatch, which would firmly plant its user in the present, no matter where they were, he had unintentionally invented a watch that could transport its wearer through time and space, as if there were no rules at all. Saul thought that was rather exciting and somewhat comforting, knowing that as much as he watched over time, time could watch out for him too. Saul sank further into his chair and sighed. He may have figured out how to travel through time, but this evening, 
Saul wanted to be nowhere but right here, right now. And here, and now, the clock pointed to bedtime. Saul looked at the tallest grandfather clock, ticking in the corner, and smiled. Right now, time was telling him to rest, and he would happily oblige. Tick.